and late night love is a place for you. Since life is negative enough, here we discuss everything love. What we love, who we love, and why we love. So join us on Saturday nights at 11.30pm Pacific Time, and please remember, love everybody. And welcome, everybody, to yet another version of Late Night Love. And we'd like to thank you for taking your time and spending some of it with us. There's an interesting bit of news that hit this week about love and kind of its repercussions and what it means and how do we all kind of get through this. And it's a at least brings up a... Interesting discussion, I think. Um, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Pinkin Smith. Is that how you pronounce that, I hope? Pinkett? And that uh, they did a sit-down where she admitted that she had an affair, even though apparently they were separated at the time. So I guess there's a question there, depending upon your mutual agreements. But, you know, they've apparently managed to make their way back from that. And I know we've discussed before about can you build a relationship back after that kind of thing? And we've talked about how it's possible, but likely not easy. And their road is likely not done. You know, I suspect it's even harder when you live in the public eye to try to have a I don't know, an understanding, try to put together a life back together. It's hard enough for, you know, the banker and the real estate agent to do it, having to do it in front of the public eye when you're one of the most noticeable people on earth in Will Smith. And then, you know, you have, you have to go tell the world that your, you know, your wife was unfaithful, maybe sort of, depending upon how you view these things. And they said they figured they were done with each other. And so if that's kind of the view they were working from, maybe it's understandable. And then you understand that, you know, maybe I like my old life better. You know, grass is greener. You know, who knows? These are... Uh, complicated issues and humans are complicated emotional creatures and how we build ourselves as human beings as couples as families and how you get through rough patches and and they're a unique couple anyway they each have their unique outlook on lives and so you know maybe Unique couples have unique solutions. Average people have average solutions. Or maybe there is no solutions. Or maybe the solution is their solution. Maybe there is no right answer. Maybe the answer is that, you know, whatever works for them. You know, if they die still married, still happy, then what business is it with ours? How they got there. I think ultimately, that's what we should all remember. This is hard enough in a normal relationship, and it's got to be incredibly difficult for them. So we should probably not try to talk about it too much and let them heal or not on their own accord. So on that issue, we're going to bring Miss Lubbynator in. Oh, I got to turn that off. There we go. Good evening. All right. That's a heavy issue to start with, you know, but it is love. You can't get through that without love. You couldn't get back to where they... Right, right. Did you read the article? Yeah. And I heard a couple. I read another one, too. It's not the only one. Okay. Yeah. It's a complicated thing. She was saying that he gave her permission. Well, but then they kind of backed off of that. They did. It, 
she felt that she didn't need permission. Yeah. If you actually read to the end of the article, she got to the end where she said she didn't feel she needed permission because they thought we were over. She gave herself permission. Yeah. Which, in, if you, you know, ultimately you give yourself permission or not, right? If you are unfaithful or come border to that line, it's because you've made that, you decision, made that decision one way or another. And you decided to either deal with the repercussions or not, or, you know, maybe you said, well, the hell with it. There's no more repercussions. We're done. It's just a matter of figuring out how to. But he was a 23-year-old young man. Where did she think this was going? She wasn't thinking. Yeah. She was hurting. She was hurting. Yeah. Which and is... I know he, he asked her for help. He had some issues, and they got emotionally entangled, which, you know, which is why you know, you don't play psychiatrists, you know. Well, if you're going to do that, you have to accept that, no, there's nothing, you cannot under any circumstances go farther. You have to give yourself your nine months, your year, whatever. If you're, it's just, you put yourself in a bad spot, but you can understand how it happened. Of course I understand how it happened. You know, it's, she was an emo, she was emotionally vulnerable, probably feeling lonely, unsure where her life was going. She got an emotional attachment to, to somebody who's probably a good human being. You know, I see no sure. reason to think he's not a good human being. And, you know, and then at some point she realizes, well, you know, this is, you know, thoughts got up to emotions or emotions ran dry. We know how things go. You know, it runs its course, so to yes. speak. It's you know? a very human thing. Yeah, it, it's... And the fact that they're doing this all in the public eye just gives me shudders. But the grace of God go I. And yeah, all, really. <laughs> and all that. All right. So as uncomfortable segues go, what do we got over Well, I happen to find on the Internet 100 relationship questions to ask a guy in 2019. Okay. Now, I'm not going to ask 100 of them. Some of them oh, are God. really bad. <laughs> Although they're probably the ones you want to hear. Um, so, <laughs> well, hey, just mark off the ones we've asked. We, if we need to fill time, we can come back. So where we got them, just so we can get credit where credit is due. This is, where is this? This is called techlazy.com. All right. So techlazy.com. Hey, that sounds like something we'd love. Techlazy.com. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great source for us. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're going to start easy. What is the true foundation for a relationship? The true foundation for a relationship? Well, that's awfully personal. Um, for me, it's trust, but not in the way actually it's a more fundamental. Trust isn't actually quite the right word. If you're if to be honest about it, it's, it, it's like trust. It's over when I'm talking to you. Mark, I, we've got to reset this office anyway. Um, trust isn't quite the right word, but it, it's the closest word I can think of because, in a sense. Okay. It's an emotional trust. In a sense, I think I could be like Will Smith and I could forgive someone an emotional weak moment or, or whatever. I could get past it mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm an overly sympathetic human being. But I could get past it because what I would think about is where was that person? They had to be someplace dark or lonely or something had to happen, a, a unique once-in-a-lifetime experience they couldn't pass. You know, unless someone's just totally, completely off the wall, not giving a rat's ass about you as a human being, then I could probably get past it. But, you know, I'm not, I can't see myself being with someone who's a completely rat's ass human being. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. long. Right, so, that, that wouldn't last very long. <laughs> other, other issues would crop up long before, before that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. But so it, it is trust, but it's 
it's not a superficial trust. It's a deeper emotional trust. Yes, it's, yes. It's it's a trust that despite differences, despite errors of judgment, that you can work through it. That even even righteous anger, and it may not be you be able to repair it, but you'll be able to work through it. Right? That even righteous anger can be worked through. No, we may be done, but we're not going to be done maliciously. And so there's but that's my humanist nature. But again, I think everybody's also different. There's people who in no possible way can their psyche survive that. Their world will be shattered. It's essentially everything that you know or you thought you knew is no longer what you knew and what you thought you knew. And yes. that's the kind of you know, I, I'm at the place, I've been through so much in my life, I've accepted that nothing is like I think I know it. And so I think that's why I get past these things. <laughs> it's, I just accepted that I know nothing. I've accepted a long time ago that the more I learn, the less I know. And so, <laughs> you know, I do the best I can with the, with the thing that I have. And maybe it is. Maybe faith is actually a better word. Maybe when love transcends faith, that's when a relationship is solid. Or love trans transcends to faith, I guess is a better way to, to say that. Thank you. What are the what are the true virtues to make a relationship perfect? <laughs> <laughs> Just, just forget that. You're trying to find the person that you can like tolerate the best. That's, I mean, we all need to lower our expectations a little bit. We've seen too many Harlequin movies. Perfect. No, but there is actually a perfection. If you get past the fact that, that nothing's perfect. perfect. There nothing's is a perfect. perfection. There is a perfection. And then the perfection is someone you can work things through. Yes. And we go right back to the other answer is someone you have enough faith in that you can work whatever stupid thing you've done. You can, you know, I kind of had house on fire. <laughs> you know, what were you doing? Well, I was trying to do tax all that tree down and the electric tax all short-circuited and the back house is down on fire. <laughs> you know, you want to be able to do that without, now you're going to have to listen to it, but your partner knows how much shit you can give you and how, when to stop and all that. Because, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know that's because that's, but you know you're never going to live that one down. So uh, yeah. did something like that. Here's another good one. Have you ever thought about your dream wedding? Well, uh, it, yes and no, because I have thought about my dream wedding, mm -hmm. and it's a blank. So, no, 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 you don't get out of that one. You so you have to answer some of these questions. Yeah, come on now. When I don't have anything to say, you've got to fill the blanks. Okay, now. all right. Uh, have I thought about my dream wedding? Well, my dream wedding with you would be a family all in place. We arrive. Walked into the front because I would want to get married in front of family and friends. That to me is what a wedding is. You know, right there, there, you know, getting married, you want to go off by yourself, you're getting married. That's not a wedding. I will, this is dream wedding. I'd rather be drugged to the through the courtyards of the of the town, naked behind a horse. I'll let you wear the purple suit. <laughs> purple tux, <laughs> and that's the only way you can even think about it. The top hat and everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is interesting. Do you still feel bad because of the next girlfriend? That's kind of open ended. Well, man, I, you know how far back I have to go for ex girlfriends. I don't remember. 
Well, apparently you don't feel bad. Well, I mean, you can talk about ex-wives as ex-girlfriends, I suppose. Same thing. Um, do I feel bad? Well, yeah, of course I do. I, there, there's, I could have been a better human being a lot, hell of a lot sooner yet. Um, you know, but it is what it is. I have regrets. I did stupid stuff. So, yeah, man, yeah. I mean, now this isn't the format to discuss that kind of thing. But, yeah, if you don't have regrets, then you haven't taken enough of a hard look at yourself in the mirror. That doesn't mean you beat yourself up. I mean, there's a difference between taking a good hard, hard look at yourself in the mirror and saying, you know, you probably could have learned to be a better human being faster. You know, in retrospect, you probably should have done that. And that's how you learn to not do it in the future is by taking a good hard look. You know, I talk about transparency leads to accountability, leads to improvement. It's I'll let my politics slip in a little bit. But that applies to your individual self. You don't have to actually be transparent to the world, but you do have to be transparent to yourself. Right? You can't lie to yourself. Lie to the world all you want, but if you lie to yourself, you will eventually eat yourself alive. So, you, know, you got to be honest with yourself if you're going to be a better human being. There's just no way around it. And so, if you can't go back in your life, you're 50 years old, you can't go back in your life and go, you know, there's a few things that theoretically I probably should have been a better human being about. Yeah, of course there was. And anybody who can't says it is, says there isn't is a little liar. <laughs> or completely lacks in self-awareness. One of the two. I would not make the same mistakes. Yeah. And I have I'd make a completely new one. Completely new one. <laughs> yes. And I well, have. I gotta remember not to shake my head. Don't shake your head. <sighs> Long-term consequences of concussion. Okay. What do we you, got? you feel that there should be a proper discussion on each and every little issue in your relationship. And I would like to answer this. Okay, go ahead. Now, there is a theory and there is what actually happens. What actually happens is at first you do. Yes. Quite a bit. Yes. And then you get to know the other person and how they would probably react yeah. and how they think on things. So you don't need to check in with them. Later on, you just you get to know each other better, and you don't and you don't feel the need to check in anymore. Really, well, there's not a need. Well, when you say check in, I suppose I agree with you too. As long as we understand that we, we check in, we check in all the we time. We check in. Okay, no, to discuss proper discussion. That was the question. We proper check in discussion. and see if anything needs to be discussed. See, mm -hmm. that's that's what we do. Now we don't. We say every little thing needs to be discussed. No, but we, but we make sure there is nothing that needs to be discussed that doesn't go undiscussed. So there is a difference. We don't check every little thing, but we do routinely check in and make sure we. You know, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. I'm a hard-headed child. You so, forget things. You forget to tell me about things. I've got a million things on my mind, and I was never good before. As, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And so I've got trouble. <laughs> but, yeah, you should. What was the question again, though? Do you feel there should oh, be a proper yeah. discussion on each and every little issue in a relationship? Well, if it's a little issue, it's not much of a discussion. Right. But in a sense, yes. You need to, over the course of time, make sure you've discussed everything that needs to be discussed. Uh, but it's an ongoing process. But in the, in, in the other real sense, a lot of it becomes instinct. You know what to discuss. You know what you cannot bother with because they're going to just not hear you. Why the hell did you tell me that? <laughs> what do I care? Right? Gonna know what you just don't care about. You know, you just. It doesn't matter one way or the other to yeah. you. A lot of things. Yeah. Or so there's I a lot of things you're perfectly fine to discuss with after the fact because you know it, that the other person is gonna. Yeah. Okay. Whatever you wanted to yeah, do. Yeah. That that's anyway. what I mean. Especially if you cared really strongly about. Yes. 
Uh, you know, if it's a major purchase or something like that, or a major commitment, there's another thing. That's another thing. Like, I probably should have asked you if I should have ran for office before I decided I was going to. But that's another question. Even though I knew you have been supportive, but that was, I still probably should have done it the other way around. <laughs> And I decided to run for office. If I if I kind of take myself look in the mirror, I think I decided that without talking to a damn fool other than myself. So kind of did. <laughs> well, people asked me, and I thought about it, and I kind of weighed all the things, and I knew you'd be supportive. We and we and we'd gone through it two years before. Gone through two years before. This wasn't something new. But but. But that was that in retrospect, that was a bigger thing. I probably should have had the discussion. And in, in, in retro, if you go back to the things of regret, I've nothing would have changed anything, but I probably should have had the discussion. Yeah. Okay, well, that's very courteous. Thank you, my darling. I'm sure you won't do that again. God, I hope not. <laughs> like we say, we make fresh mistakes and then we just, you know, we don't do that again. Yeah, I I just hope I don't decide to run for office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good heavens! Okay, Jeff. Do you like a mature relationship or a kid kind of love? Well, I'm a big child, so. But it it's not one or the other. Right. That's right. that's a loaded question because it's not one or the other. If you lose the child part of it, you lose the fun. Right. You've got to you've got to have that twelve year old. Now I may have too much of a twelve year old, and that's its own problems. But you've got to have a twelve year old. That twelve year old you just got to be there. Well, of course, maybe with its romantic love, maybe a little older. But <laughs> well, but you know what I mean. Romantic love. That's. But, but you know what I mean. There's talking be, about, I thought we were talking about in a relationship. Yes, but there's got to be the playfulness. There's got to be the the yeah. willingness to to want to play checkers. The willingness to 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 want to go splash with water. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah have a water gun fight. You, whatever. I, I told you the other night I wanted to shake your soda so bad. <laughs> yeah. So the, the willingness to play jokes. I yeah, I didn't do it though. Yeah, there's, you know, and then there's the maturity of to knowing which jokes to play and which to not. But see, that's where. <laughs> But I told you, and you appreciated it. <laughs> no, it would be hilarious. I wouldn't have minded. <laughs> you would have to do that, but I wouldn't have minded. It would have been hilarious. I, I really admit. I love a good joke. I can be the butt. I can laugh at myself. It's all fun. It's all good. Because, well, if I couldn't, then I'd be a huge-ass hypocrite. Because <laughs> You make me laugh every day. Every single day. So it's you and know. I wouldn't have it any other way. And then, then, then there's the mature part. So they answer the question. There's gotta be a mix to tell you the truth. Yeah, otherwise you just end up like those those but those. you don't want someone that just goofs around all the time too. I mean you want someone who's able to serious up and, and you know show the gravity to a to a subject that it, that is too, you know. Well, yeah, you don't want a dead relationship that just is kind of exists. Yeah. You want to have, there needs to be some life to it. And so that requires some kind of childishness. And that's, that's that 12 year old that I keep talking. I use the rule 12 because I am, I have the maturity of a 12, especially like at 2 a.m. But <laughs> we should do these overnight. We should do an overnight one. Longer. No. <laughs> Stay up till three AM. Let them see me at three. No, I can barely deal with you at three o'clock in the morning. But I'm a night owl, and that's like my hour and a half, two hours right before bed. And so, you know, it's, oh, it is. It's entertaining. Yeah. Well, for me. <laughs> <laughs> if you could choose, choose some. If you would have to choose someone between love and friendship, then what would it be? Wait, wait, let's repeat that one. It's phrased weird. Yeah. If you have to choose between love and friendship with someone, who would it be? What would it be? Well, I can't. But I love my friends, so I did. I I did. I don't understand. Okay. Now, unless you're talking romantic love or, or friendship, well, I'm too old at this point, so I'm not entirely sure how much difference it makes. Uh, but you always prefer love over something less. 
<laughs> I think. Yes. There's, yes. I would think you just choose love over something less. I would. Why would you choose? If you have to choose. And have you ever tried to be friends with someone you're in love with? God, it's hard. No. It's really hard. No, I'm not. In fact, it doesn't work out very well. Uh, <laughs> it never worked, excuse me. It never worked out very well for me. I'm sure there's someone out there who is capable of doing it. But I have. I've never been able to. I don't like torturing myself. No. Yeah, it's just pure torture. <laughs> I don't like to torture myself. So now the question is, no, I have not. All right. So what else we got? If you will, you invite me to your wedding if you marry someone else. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Kind of. That's just freaking rude. Um, but. Trust me, if if I don't get married to you, there's no chance in hell, and no one else gonna get get it. So I'm just saying, if there's anybody's got a shot at you, so I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> an actual wedding, no, well, because I wouldn't even invite myself to my own wedding. What 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 I envision is a party. Yeah. With an officiant there, and you just do a very small two minute thing. And then you continue on with the party. And we can do away with the officiate thing, and I can officiate it. Can't we get somebody from Universal Life Church? But we're not like signing a certificate or anything, so what does it matter? Oh, that's a commitment ceremony. You guys. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm a professional entertainer now. You cannot and host. You cannot have a commitment ceremony for yourself. Oh, you want now? You just now we're gonna have to tell oh my oh God. You my did God. not. Well, I did not say that. <laughs> you your contrary nature. Look at. Let's move on before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> something heroic for your girl in a relationship heroic yes. yes well yeah I've done a number of times but that's what did you do well nothing I can say on camera oh, statute oh. of limitations has expired but still oh. I am running for office you brought me milk <sighs> I was out of milk and I had no money and you brought me milk that's not heroic. That's just, it was that's just being a freaking human being. What the hell? <laughs> Do you find it more logical to make a decision by mind, while in love? I make decisions with both. Because uh -huh. I found that neither one by themselves work very well. When I make decisions with the head, there's come out awful. When I make decisions with just the heart, well, that's dumb because it comes out awful. So I figured I try to do both. Mm -hmm. That seems to work better. That's why you're here. That's why we're still. <laughs> I started making the better decisions because I said, I'm going to combine those two things and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Night. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's okay, okay, this is this question is just a question. It was written by somebody in high school. Ready? God, it's another college freshman. Okay. Do you agree with the fact that you can't concentrate on anything else while you're in love with someone? Well, no, I can concentrate on all kinds of things while I'm in love with someone. But. If we're talking about someone young, say 17, 18 years old, maybe just first year in college, you know, they're just getting out. They're just really starting to experience the world on their own. It can be overwhelming. And then you add the love into the mix and it becomes easy to fixate on that because you can just kind of forget the rest of your problems. Then, yes. I think in the infatuation stage, it's 
Well, it's much older than that. You don't have to, you got to go to work. You've got work at 8 a.m. or 2.30 in the afternoon or whenever the hell you go to work. You've got responsibilities. So really, the only person that applies to are college students. <laughs> Anybody else? Responsibility. College students they can't study. They have trouble in their grades tank. We, there's, that's just what happens. Yeah, but they all do that in their freshman year. That's the, the second half of their freshman year. Then they fix it because they realize how to do that, and then they become better human beings because they have the experience of how to compartmentalize. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Simple experience. Uh-huh. Experience is a wonderful thing. Yes, it is. Have you heard a girl who is taller than you? No. Shorter. Much, much shorter, but not taller enough. Here's another one. Do you agree that you cannot sleep properly while you're in the I want to go back to the other one. What doesn't matter? It's on here. Yeah, but why would someone... It also says, do you have a strong belief that short girls are the best girlfriends? Okay, you kind of have to try and defend your, your, your species kind over there. What the hell kind of questions are these? I'm curious. I don't think height matters so much unless you're Shaquille O'Neal dating a midget. I'm just. That was just a passing thing. I was curious. I came across it on my list and I wanted to know for personal reasons. So I. <laughs> personal reasons? What the hell? I am. Which is that relationship <sighs> that inspires Loves someone truly. Wait, what relationship despires? Which is that relationship? So do you do you know of your relationship that inspires? No. Uh-huh. No, I mean I suppose it could be my grandmother, my grandfather, but no. Mm-hmm. But mainly that's just my grandpa. So and you know, for those to the Small story short, my grandfather built this house we live in, literally brick by brick, because grandma wouldn't marry him if she didn't have a house. So they built our house. Bought a little small piece of land, a little postage stamp piece of land, and a postage stamp house on top of a postage stamp of land, and built it. While they lived in a garage. 40s. Could you do that? Yeah. What, what is, is the world you never break on in a relationship? The one? The one. I think you need to like that before I answer this. Because <laughs> I don't think there's just one. Well, there is just one. You just boil it down to one. What's that? You shall not lie. Okay. To yourself. To the other person. Yep. <laughs> That's what sets you on the path. Sets you down the bad path. Yep. Okay, gotcha. If you don't break that rule, your chances of breaking other rules are very, very slim. You may have to have some uncomfortable conversations. Right? But... Mm-hmm. That's a different story. All right. But that's actually, the, you know, I actually, most marriages fall apart because people don't want to have difficult conversations. Oh. They avoid difficult conversations and then they get things get out of hand and they can never put it quite back together again. People say they fall out of love. They don't fall out of love. It's what they've done is they've stopped talking to each other and forgot how. They start talking at each other instead of with each other. <clears throat> you try, I mean, we talked about it before. It's, it's the try to win thing. You, know, you try to win an argument. You try to win a discussion rather than try to maintain peace. I'm trying to understand and get back to our... Yeah. Calm, peaceful house. 
Okay, okay, so the groundwork has changed. Okay, you can accept that, but we've got to figure out where it is. We've got to find the new stable ground. Yes. You know, and if you love each other, you can do that. It doesn't mean it's easy, but if you love each other, you can do it. Okay, let's see. I know how you feel about this. Do you think it's important to get married in order to make your love successful i don't understand i get asked a lot you know you've been together 10 years how come you're not married you know why should we you because know everything why should we fix what's going very very well <coughs> i'm perfectly happy and content why change any one i well it's because there's two different kinds of married there's legally married and emotionally married we're emotionally married. I signed a piece I of paper. Piece I literally nothing changes for me. Quite literally, it's just signing a piece of paper that now has the government involved in our relationship. That's all it does. That's literally all it does for us. Because we've created the rest of our lives exactly the way we want. There's literally no benefits. We could argue the tax benefit, but then there's other issues that come into play that would cancel that out. And it doesn't act, there's literally nothing that would benefit. And I hate making a relationship decision based upon taxes. <laughs> that, that's my, here's my libertarian part of me coming out in my, the show, but I hate taxes. There's no way I can love taxes unless they actually keep the potholes in front of, in, on the streets. But since they don't, I. <laughs> my road. The road. The road. I want my road. Do you think that difficulties of life can be reduced by having a partner by your side? Ultimately, yes. I mean, you, you create some, but if it didn't, we, humans wouldn't have kept it. It's been a staple of humanity for a long time. For farther back than we can track. <coughs> Quite literally. Societies don't based on aren't based on the family fall. It's a historical fact. There's a reason for it. And it's not just child record, even though there is that. There's a stability to it. Not just for society, for individuals. When something goes wrong, you have someone to take care of you. And guess, guess what? what? The world is a crazy place. Stuff goes wrong. And so, you know, having the family safety net, be it one person or, you know, or your horde of children, you know, raising a farm, helping you out, you can go out and sow the fields while someone else is keeping the fire going at the, at the home plot front, right? You don't have to do all those jobs at the same time somehow. It just makes it easier. Right? It's easier to feed one extra person to plant the extra crops because you're not having the time to have to go in and do all the keep the fire going and stopping all the other stuff. We wouldn't have kept it. We simply wouldn't have kept it. I think it's over there somewhere. Do you think it's simple? simple. Oh, love it so much. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, the thing was right over there. Um, simple? No, to fall in love? Actual, genuine love? No. Actual, genuine love is, is hard. I think it was more of a decision. Maybe subconscious, but 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 it's not. It's not easy to to fall in love. It's easy to think you fall in love. It's easy to have sparks. It's easy to do all that, but you guys got to get past six weeks, right, before you can even start really thinking. Okay, is it genuine love? People say love at first sight. Well, maybe. <laughs> There's the. 
Uh, I wonder, you know, you fell in love and the stars aligned and you also, you know, brutal on each other. Yeah, you, there was a instant chemistry, yeah. sure. And everything happened to work out. Everything happened to work out. <laughs> stars aligned. How many people have that same initial chemistry and then fizzles out? Fizzles in, out. Yeah, he opens his mouth and says something stupid and it's gone. And, or, or he chews chips with his mouth open and you can't attack it <laughs> yeah you know who knows who knows what who knows what the deal breaker is right it doesn't even have to be big because it just has to be a deal breaker not very good in bed you know, who the hell knows or you, maybe you don't make match in bed your your interests and desires especially if you're young and because that's more important for you when you're young so, yeah, life sucks. That's what that is. <laughs> no, love is a grandiose thing. It's just life is hard. It's hard. Love is hard, and that is not a euphemism. Oh my god. Okay, do we have time for some ten parenting questions? Yep. Okay. First question. I've raised like a thousand kids, so I can be good at this. I have three girls. I've raised mostly boys, but I, I accumulated a couple girls. <laughs> to spank or not to spank? Well, as a general rule of thumb, I'm going to have to now say no, but there actually technically is a proper way to do it. But no one knows how to do it, and no one wants to actually have the discussion, so the, the easy answer is no. No. I mean, if you want the technically proper way to do it is only if it's an immediate reaction and only hard enough to get attention, not to cause pain. Right. Okay. But how? Yeah, right. That's the whole point. If you if you're spanking someone to cause pain, you're doing it wrong. You're spanking to get their attention that what they're doing is is incorrect. But with a child, the farther you get away from the the, the infraction, the more disconnected their brain is from the event. From the and so it literally has to be an immediate thing. And if it's an immediate thing, it doesn't have to be hard. It just has to be just enough to get their attention. They can actually not feel it. On a diapered butt. <laughs> On a diapered butt. They don't feel it. What they're feeling is the disapproval from their parents. And that's what actually hurts their emotions. Yeah. Which is actually exactly what you want. But far too many people get their own emotions involved. And then that becomes as frailty humans and parents who have lack of sleep and stress, financial stress and all the various things that can easily breed into something else. So the easy answer is to say no, figure I, out. I think that for immediate, it was immediate safety. If it was, it was a danger, you know, and I wanted to, to submit that is not to be done again. Well, and oddly enough, if you do it properly, in the right age, you don't have to do it very much anymore. Right. You never right. have to do it again because they understand when you give them that special tone that right. it's serious and it triggers in their brain and the pathways. But it again, the danger is that we're we are all so freaking human and we all have our own bad days, and you also don't want to put in your own set of habits. Right. So yes. if you have other techniques available, you should probably use them. Yes, I use timeouts. I don't know. I never found timeouts effective, but my boys were a rambunctious bunch. So I just stole their favorite toy. Because usually they were fighting over something or being loud. And so, you know, when they're older, I just took their power cords for their PlayStations and stuff. And <laughs> the power cord of their computer, or, you know, when they got a little older, they'd take the computer. I just took the power cord and make them find it. <laughs> <laughs> they'd find it. I never give it back. They'd eventually find it, and so, and then they, you know, but they knew it was sending the message. And well, then there's the pennies. We don't talk about the pennies. So what's next? Is public shaming good parenting? No. But shaming is never good parenting. If you get to the point where you have to publicly shame your child, you've done some parenting wrong down the lane. Now, I suppose there is 
the theoretical possibility that you've just got a really bad seed and you need to send them off to reform school or something because you as a parent don't have the tools to deal with it. I mean, there are kids like that. It does happen. Uh Babe Ruth was one. They couldn't figure out what the hell to do with them. Had to send to reform school and learn to play baseball and make him the most famous baseball player of all time. <laughs> yeah, he was labeled incorrigible. Yeah, he was incorrigible his whole life, essentially. If he hadn't been a baseball player, he'd have been a dead drunk. Yeah. He'd have gotten in a bar fight and died or in prison or something at some point. So baseball saved his life. And we all got to watch some guy change baseball. So, you know, so necessarily giving up on your child may sometimes may not be actually giving up on your child if you don't have the tools for that particular child. It's well, it's not a decision I would... Not, you're not walking away from the child. You're getting the child the skilled help that, it, that the child needs. Yes. I mean, it's not a decision you'd want anybody to have to have to contemplate. Oh, good heavens. Oh, that'd be terrible. But... As a parent, it'd be very hard. Yeah. But, you know, there are those cases. Yes. And in a sense, you know, that is one of the hardest active loves you could really do. It's just I, I'm not going to be able to get them to a functional adult because whatever, you know, and it may be something happened early in this life that you could have done something about. You know, maybe there's some trauma involved, but you can't get through to them anymore. And in order to get through to them, they've got to go get to somebody for some more deep help. And then what, how do you choose what? And do you send them to the right spot? And which yes. kind of, oh, oh God. It's just the mental torment and and ultimately having to decide that that's the bigger act of love. Yes. Parenting is no joke. It is the biggest act of love you can ever do. And it's not always easy. And I'm blessed that is all the difficulties we had. I was blessed with my path. I had it easy, all things considered, raising my children, and I accept that every day. Well, they're all good kids. They're all good kids. They've kind of made it easy. Yeah. I mean, there are some bumps in the road, but I mean, there is. Yeah, bumps in the roads go. That's the that's the thing. We I, we got lucky because I could have been much more bumps. They. Each one of them could have taken, made one choice different that would have taken, sent them down a different path, and they didn't. Uh-huh. And the only, you know, we live at the edge of the ghetto. They could have easily gone a different way. You know, boys at the edge of the ghetto. They could have easily gone another way, and they didn't. So, you know, part of that's nature, part of that's nurture. You know, who knows? Okay, do you share photos of your kids online? Well, my kids are adults now, but when they were little. Well, <laughs> in, in our time, it, it really it was really didn't seem to be. It was, it was no not big that big deal. Yeah. But nowadays, there seems to be cause for concern at times. Well, there is. It's in a sense you just hide in plain sight. There are so many pictures, so much data. The very chance that someone's going to, the wrong person's going to stumble across yours is essentially zero. But the problem is, essentially, zero isn't zero. And so you have to make a choice of how much risk you and your family want to take. My family is pretty lax. We're all kind of libertarian about this kind of thing. We figure we just let the chips fall where they may. As in terms of, the kids, they don't have any trouble posting. They don't post a lot, but they don't seem to shy from it. I mean, the little one has his own Instagram account, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not like they hide it, but, you know, it's again, it's the ghetto thing. They just, yeah, bring your trouble here. You know, it's, yeah, go ahead. We face more dangers in the internet. The internet's the least of the dangers in our neighborhood, right? If we want danger, we just have to open the curtains. It's <laughs> well, theoretically, okay, not exactly right here. It's actually down the ways a little bit. It's down a couple blocks. 
At what age is it appropriate for a kid to get a salt tank? Um, well, I, let's see, Summer got hers in was it elementary school. No, not elementary school. Uh, her last year, junior high, eighth grade. Second half of eighth grade. Uh-huh. I think. We were actually one of the last ones of her peer groups to give them all phone. I think we broke down to give Mitchell a phone was the first one. And then she gave Mitchell a phone, the, the middle, the youngest boy. You got to give them all a phone. But he needed one. So I think. But, you know, that was also a different time, man. You bought phones differently. You did things differently. Phones were just phones then. Uh, you had phones and texting. You didn't have this smartphone stuff. It wasn't the same thing. What phones? Yeah, razor phones was the big thing, right? It was, I mean, it was just past the, the little candy bar phones. We, we just, it wasn't. So for parenting today, it's a hard thing because you, in one sense, you've got to accumulate your kids to the environment in which they live. And so if they don't allow them to experience it, you're actually doing them a disservice. They're not going to know how to protect themselves when they enter it. Yes. I mean, that's one of the things I never, my kids kind of grew up with the internet. Well, I technically I grew up with it, but in their version of the internet, they grew up with it, but I never hit anything for it. I never put parenting filters on. I never, I let them do their thing, it ran its course relatively quickly because there's, if you don't leave it as a taboo, it runs its course relatively quickly. And all those things they're not, shouldn't be doing on the internet. And it just kind of, and they learn how to protect themselves. But I'm also, they also knew that I could actually monitor anything they wanted. I wanted to. So they always knew that theoretically I was watching. You never know when I was or wasn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, that does keep kind of a lid on exactly how far down the rabbit holes they go. But because I could just break into their computer anytime I wanted at, the, at those days, because I built them. Of course, I put in a back door. What the kind of stupid do you think I look? <laughs> and we knew it. Now, eventually, here, here's a little. Trip for you. It's, I stopped putting in a black door long before you guys think I did. <laughs> I stopped paying any attention. If I wanted to sniff traffic, I could do it a different way. If it, you know, you know, but I stopped actually having access to their computers long before they thought I did because I no longer needed it. They had built trust over long enough periods of time where I no longer needed. I knew they knew how to protect themselves. But that's ultimately what you have to do. And if you don't think you have the ability to give your kids the guidance and tools to protect themselves, then yeah, I suppose you should. You should wait how much cell phone use and all that kind of thing, probably until at least high school. But you leave them open to dangers that way. They're not knowing how it works. I'm always better off at letting them learn. Letting them learn how the world works and letting them learn how to navigate it. It worked with my kids, but your mileage may vary. It's not, I can't tell, I could never tell somebody else, hey, this is exactly what you should do. I said, this is my experience with my kids where we are. But remember, my bigger danger was creating rebellious kids. Because you live on the edge of the ghetto, the last thing you need is rebellious children. And so I had gave them a wide sandbox to play in and they knew that they just couldn't step outside that sandbox the hand of god would come down on them and they actually never really stepped outside that sandbox i'm gonna say never but they never stepped really far out of it so they stepped out of it a couple times wanted to make sure took a foot out stepped a foot out seeing if they were gonna seeing if i was paying attention yeah. Just gotta try. Well, of course they do. They've got to push their boundaries. They've got to know that boundaries are actual boundaries. That's the key with raising children is they have to now once they start pushing boundaries, it may be time to move them. But they've got to know those boundaries exist. 
and that you will actually enforce them. However it is you've decided how to enforce them. And it goes back to that thing. We're all different. Yeah. I hate power cables. I took away cool clothes for a month. Cool clothes? Yeah, she only had blue jeans and t-shirts. No cool clothes whatsoever for a month. No, you had daughters, so it's a different thing. Yeah. I make you have to go on a treasure hunt for their power cables. <laughs> have you ever caught yourself repeating something your parents said to you? Oh, good Lord. I was... Yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, it's more often my grandpa, but my grandma means my grandmother. My grandmother, my mother probably said it. So, yeah. No, I kids already do stuff that I say. It sounds like a personal problem. They use it on me. So, <laughs> yeah, I chat on my mom all the time and my grandpa. Well, I used to. I guess I don't have much opportunity anymore. But God, when they were little, mind you, know, I know you say it because I said so. That's what. <laughs> why? Why? Because I said so. Do it. My favorite one. I don't know where I picked this one up is when the kids would come in and start asking me something, and I would say, No, hey, dad, no. Now, what do you want? <laughs> well, because one, it, it gets whatever cycle they run in their head, it changes it. So you're actually going to get whatever, you're going to get more, more real question and the way they were going to phrase it the first time but it's also you're, you're kind of lowering their expectations because you're likely going to get a no except i said yes far more often than they give me credit for oh really yeah well because i like saying yes i just want them to i just you know don't want them to be overly upset when i have on their occasions where i have to tell them no and so you know, you set those low expectations so they're happier when they get the yes. And they cut yeses as much as I could. So. But, but it's, again, it's managing expectations. Yes. You actually appreciate it. It took Michael a long time to understand what I was doing. But once he figured, once he had kids, it all kind of, he all kind of, once he had kid, he all kind of understood exactly what I think I was doing. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Is he using the same techniques? Well, no, but he's got his own different family mix, right? He uses right. some of the techniques. Like he uses that personal problem technique too. And what's the other one he uses? There's another one he uses, but okay. You know, kids. Okay, for all the parents or everybody, since you have all this experience, how did you deal with the picky ear? Big question for parents. Well, we all just hate what we wanted, but that I, I had a unique experience, so I can't actually. I am a picky eater, and so because of that, I just we all just kind of ate what we wanted every day. We didn't eat family dinners very often, at least in the last, you know, portion of the since my daughter was what seven. So for the last. 10 years or whatever, raising the kids. We didn't really have family dinners or anything like that. Probably before that. But they all ate too much different things. And, you know, I had my own issues with eating. What about when they were toddlers? Oh, well, when they were younger, we all just kind of had mashed foods. It's just, you know, that, that thing we would eat. What we like to eat is we'd have our homemade hamburger helper. We ate that far more often than we probably should have. Well, because it's bulky and you can make a big pot of it and it lasts a couple of days. Right. It's, you know, potatoes, ground beef, and mac and cheese, some seasonings, and there you go, homemade hamburger helper. It costs almost nothing. And you could eat it for three days. Just make a big pot of it. That would work. But I usually just cave, give them what they wanted. Well, and then, was, then there was the fact that we went for a lot of time. It's actually just about time. We went for a lot of time for a, 
just buying dinner essentially every day. So we just kind of bought what everybody would feel like cooking themselves. <laughs> wasn't the world's great, but I wasn't going to argue over food at that point. We had other, we had more pressing issues. And that's about all the time we've got for tonight. Um, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Late Night Love. Um, from me and the Lovinator, and from all of our viewers or listeners, I guess, out there, we have more listeners and viewers. You can visit us, visit us at anchor.fm slash late night love. Um, you can leave us a voice message. You can find us on Facebook at late night love. And we will like to thank you for listening and join us next Saturday. Do we have anything on schedule for next Saturday night? No. Let's see if we can get, I'm going to try and get a guest for next Saturday night. So try us next Saturday night and see if we can have something special for next Saturday night. All right, and that's all of us from those of us here. Everybody have a good night, and please remember to love everybody. <laughs>